When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside the infamous Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. You're having some fun here on a Monday morning. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. Uh, Mike Sauter coming up at 9 o'clock. We also have some more bracketology talk. I guess March Madness official bracket talk with Ricky O'Donnell at 945, so stick around for that. But before we do all of that, let's talk to Brady Oltman, Nebraska football and recruiting reporter for Hale Varsity. We talk to him every Monday, and he's at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Brady, good morning. What's up, man? Morning, guys. It's a little bit chillier than I like it to be on a you know mid-March day, but I can't control it, so we just go with it. It's the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the Midwest. Vio, so this, this is kind of interesting. Andrew and I have been talking basically all morning, on-air, off-air, quarterback situation, Nebraska recruiting. Obviously, Danny Kaline will make his announcement today. It's kind of weird. I had a couple guys over the last couple of weeks – Basically, surmise it like this. Hey, you know, it's got to be boom or bust with Rayola, right? Just uh, the interest from with and from Kaline hasn't been top-notch. Nebraska's got to kind of have a quarterback in the fold. It's been quiet on the other quarterback recruiting front. When you look at the quarterback situation for Nebraska in 2024, regardless of what DK says today, do you look at it as Rayola or bust, or do you think Nebraska is playing checkers and we're playing chess in terms of potential backup plans? Uh, it, I don't want to say boom because I think Rayola definitely is the number one priority and the top target. Uh, I think Matt Rule has said at one point they've, they've got the portal. Uh, that's how they got Jeff Sims, so they could always go portal, especially after spring ball if somebody um, enters the portal in that little window. And if they figure out how the roster goes, you think by the end of spring, that's about the time that they're expecting a decision from Rayola. Um, I, it's interesting because Danny is really the only other quarterback that they've offered from this class. I know Nebraska is also heavily recruiting that uh, kid Stone Saunders from uh, Pennsylvania out of the next class. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like Rayola is the only like the full uh, focus quarterback for the next couple of years. But I think there is a definitive kind of. I don't know when you've got a top tier top five overall recruit, he's going to command all the attention, but they like Danny. They've really done, I think uh, a good job of building a relationship with him. But I think you also have schools like North Carolina and Missouri and Miami that say, Hey, we can make a move on this kid because you know, Nebraska is so closely tied to Dylan Rayola. B should we care that we're very kid glovish with quarterbacks, right? Cause it's interesting. I feel like, we're kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth. With the with quarterbacks, it's like, well, you know what? We don't want to bruise too many egos. We can't recruit too many. We Let's just kind of get one and let them know that they're the guy. But if it's any other position, it's, 
Well, they can't be afraid of competition. They don't like competition if they can't handle it. I just kind of feel like it's a little disingenuous when we talk about quarterbacks. Should we be okay if quarterbacks don't want anyone else recruited? And this isn't – and hear my heart, and I have to be clear because aptitude can be a problem – I'm not saying Dylan Riola doesn't want Nebraska <laughs> to recruit any other quarterbacks because that's not the case. I'm talking about the perception of quarterback recruiting. Um, I I tend to agree with you. I think like with this Nebraska coaching staff, they're very open, transparent. They're going to be transparent and honest with recruits. If a recruit says, "Hey, I'm," it's very adamant and very important to me that you don't recruit any other quarterbacks, or you don't. I'm the only guy on your radar. If that's not how the coaching staff kind of wants to treat the situation, they'll be very upfront and say, ooh, well, you know, we, we like this other kid, you know, or we've got a couple of other quarterbacks we really like in this class. So why is that? And they kind of maybe talk it out if that's the case. I, I tend to agree with you, though. I mean, it's your football player, regardless of position. I understand the quarterback is an incredibly important position because you touch the ball about every snap. But, I mean, let's you're also a part of a team. You're joining a team that you are not a part of yet. And it's, I don't know, there's a lot of football politics to be played. And like, if you're going to be a new face going onto a roster of 100 guys, non-scholarship and scholarship combined, you you don't really want to be the guy calling the shots right off the bat. But I guess if you're, you know, a prodigy recruit, sometimes you're afforded some things. Not to, Again, not to say that Dylan Rail is doing that, but I, I overall I tend to agree with you. Kind of A quarterback is just every other player, and somebody who uh, wants that sort of caliber of celebrity coming in is a little, to me personally, a, a red flag. Brady, Coach Rule said he's trying to catch up with the times and, and get better about recruiting 2024, 2025, 26, and so on. <laughs> uh, you know, what do you make of everything you're seeing on the recruiting trail today, maybe from a general sense, and the work that this coaching staff has done to send out offers and, and just get Nebraska's name on athletes' radar? Well, the timing has been very interesting because when Rule arrived, you know, they've got maybe four or five guys on his staff right away, and they had to blitzkrieg recruiting to close that 2023 class, and they really went hard at it. And, you know, in just two months, they've, they filled it out completely. And then they immediately, I guess right after early signing day, turned a large amount of focus to the 2024 class. And I think that that's definitely helped them. I mean, the vast majority of the offers they've made in the last couple of months have been to the 2024 class. But at the same time, I think, um, you know, Evan Cooper's the being the evaluator. If he sees a 2025 or a 2026 guy pop on film, he's, you know, he's going to send it on up the ladder and say, hey, Matt, you got to you got to offer this kid or make a phone call because this kid can make our football program better down the line. And and they're maybe not as aggressive as like the Ohio States or Alabama's or, you know, your bigger programs that have a couple of commits in those future classes right away. But it's, that is kind of the way that the game is being played right now. And they're slowly adapting, but also keep in mind, they're kind of behind the eight ball because they did just get here. Brady, when you're, you know, practice will be fairly uh, open and, and folks will formulate a ton of opinions Day one, Brady Ullman gets to campus. What position group is he going to watch? I'd say defensive front. 
um, I'm, I've almost driven myself crazy watching Tony White coaching clinic videos because I'm just fascinated to see how that's going to look. And honestly, I'm salivating at this point because, I mean, the way that he likes to coach his defense is something that I think Nebraska fans have not seen before ever out of the Huskers. And I'm kind of, you know, inherently that makes you kind of excited to see it. Uh, you don't know personnel wise where guys are going to be. Sometimes they're going to be, you know, on the on the outside edge in that three man front, or sometimes they might, you know, move inside if they shift to a four two, uh, if they alter alignments and things. And and personnel wise, you know, they've got a very limited uh, amount of interest, or a li uh, sorry, a limited amount of um, snaps and snap experience on that defensive interior. Which, but a lot of athleticism on the outside. I'm going to be really curious to see how they line guys up there. Brady, I want to circle back to quarterbacks. We started with uh, recruiting and Dylan Rayola. One question that I seemingly feels like comes up every week revolves around the quarterback room. And we've seen preseason lists that have just included Jeff Sims. We've seen some that have included both Sims and Casey on them. Not sure if I've come across a, a Casey uh, solo, but how do you envision the quarterback competition shaping out this offseason? Uh, well, right away, it's going to be Jeff, right, like out in front, simply by nature. I mean, Casey, I think from what I hear, his um, his recovery has gone really well, but they still want to be very careful with him, and he'll throw if anything at all in the spring, uh, which kind of makes June a little bit more important in how he picks things up. I think Casey Casey established himself with toughness and that he can play in the Big Ten last year. I mean, people kind of forget that that was a brand new system for everybody, including Casey, and he found a way to to make it work. Uh, Jeff just has a little bit more athleticism, but also he's coming from a situation in Georgia Tech where he he struggled to throw the ball because the program struggled to throw the ball. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see you put them both in a brand new offensive system with Marcus Satterfield, which obviously with a guy like Spencer Rattler at South Carolina last year could be successful. I mean, they lit up two of the best teams uh, in that whole region and in the top 25 last year. So I, I think Jeff is just going to, by nature of, of injury situation, have a leg up. But I also just – I will never count out Casey Thompson considering what he did in his body of work last year. I think it's just going to be a really interesting one. Casey's got the toughness and experience, but Jeff's also got a little bit more, I think, uh, athletic mobile mobility to him. Brady, difference, competitiveness based on high-end talent or competitiveness because it's the most like talent? if you would rank defensive backs, wide receivers, and running backs? Is it high end or most like one another? Um, I would say you've got incredible high end talent. Like like Anthony Grant stands out immediately. You've got veteran guys like uh, Billy Kemp. I mean, he's top four, you know, catches all time at, at Virginia, and he comes in. They like him as a receiver, but they're really excited what he can do in the punt return game. And then they, they, they do have a lot of bodies at defensive back. And some of them are NFL caliber guys. I mean, I think Evan Cooper has said, you know, Miles Farmer and Quentin Newsom stand out. Marquise Buford, he's not going to be participating much in the spring because of that knee injury he suffered against Wisconsin at the end of the year. But he's going to be a very capable guy to go to. Uh, I think parity-wise and talent-wise, maybe wide receiver is going to be kind of the most uh, jumbled group. Because you, you have a couple of guys like a Marcus Washington or a Billy Kemp, guys who are veteran, but you also have like such, you know, Jalen and, and Malachi and guys that are fresh coming in with incredible upside to them. 
Uh, and then, I, but I think you could probably maybe mention the corners as well in that. And somebody's somebody's got to sort themselves out. You know, Tommy Hill's back there. He kind of got beat out or moved around. Uh, Malcolm really stepped up. He's if Tommy Hill wants to really see the field regularly, he's going to have to try to beat out Malcolm Hartzog again. So that's kind of that's kind of where that parity works out. But it also, in the long run, I think it it made Nebraska's defensive secondary better last year, and it probably will again this year. Brady, you are the man. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for being flexible, too, with us. We'll talk again next week. Yeah, no problem, guys. See ya. At Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Toss him a follow out there. Coming up, talking to Mike Sauter about the state basketball tournament over the weekend. Stay with us.